Welcome to Running It Back. Mike Palmer joined as always by Tarlin Wright. We're going to talk about shooters. We're going to talk about game changers. We're going to talk a little bit about Stephen Curry. But we're also going to just say, hey, what's going on, Tarlin? Thank you for asking. Yeah. It's actually been a big week. I'm sleeping. Wow. Just like the NBA players, I decided to buy an Oro Ring. Okay. We're not sponsored by Oro Ring, but... Yeah. End of the show, you can sponsor us at any time. Yeah. And what it's done is it enabled me to really get close to understanding my sleep patterns, hmm. my readiness for the day. Wow. Understanding where I might not be at my optimal level. Yeah. So for a full week, I had no blue light in the room. Hmm. I read myself to sleep. I averaged going to sleep at 9 18, just if you were wondering. Yeah. No caffeine after 12 o'clock got the appropriate sunlight right. and had no alcohol for the week. Mm-hmm. And I got great sleep. That's good, dude. Last night I did because it's Friday, have a drink mm-hmm. and my readiness level is off. My sleep wasn't as good, Uh oh. but I'm ready to run it back. Cause you always bring the energy. I need but, no caffeine yeah. when I'm talking to you. That, that makes one of us. Before we get started, thank you for all the emails and texts. Uh, about the Tiger show. We had a lot of fun doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appreciate the increase following around running it back. And we've also started to get in some suggestions for shows. Keep them coming because mm-hmm. it, it builds our catalog. That's right. Always leave them wanting more. That's the other uh, component. We'll try to tease some ideas out in this conversation because one of the things we want to talk about is how Steph Curry is both a shooter and a game changer, legendary shooter, and someone who, because of his shooting, the NBA is a different league than it was prior to him. And you can almost directly attribute the change in the league to this transcendent player. We're going to spend some time talking about Steph Curry. I know you're a bit of a shooter, Tarlin, from a shooter's mentality. How do you think about Steph Curry? So I appreciate you saying I'm a bit of a shooter. I, there's a difference. I like to shoot. I'm not afraid to shoot. Yeah. But in no way am I close to being the shooter. I was joking with my former college roommate, captain of our team, because the older guys, uh, everyone has their thing. That was probably the one thing that set me apart from the other guards was my shooting ability yeah. and they called me rain man yeah and i was talking to him he goes that could either be a good thing because yeah. you're raised, or they're just making fun of you it was probably the latter yeah they're dropping matchsticks in front of you yeah and yeah tarling count them or pick up the balls that's fine but yes i had a little suburban jumper ray horse is a different type of horse because in order to win you got to make a shot if the other opponent makes a shot, you have to validate your shot. So it was really about honing your shooting crap. But Steph yeah. Curry, we're running it back to the 2007-2008 NCAA tournament. Yeah. It's timely. We're about to come into tournament season. Yeah. And it was probably one of the greatest runs for a small division team that we've seen in a long time. Right. Yeah, exactly. So they're coming in as a 10 seed. 10 seed. Yeah. And then they wind up making the Southern it, Conference, make it to the Elite Eight. And Steph, it was the beginning of a trend. So that was when we all discovered Steph that run. And then there was a period in his NBA career where he also just was transcendent. You would get texts. I had multiple friends who would say, 
he's going off again. And then you would just have to turn on. The NBA became must-see viewing, not even appointment viewing. It was like interruption to the rest of your day. You would need to watch Steph. And then he went from that almost sideshow element. Wow, that's a crazy good shooter. Never going to really be a, a dominant player to NBA MVP two years in a row, winning the championship three times total. You could debate how much he was dependent on Kevin Durant towards the the end of his Warriors run. And he's still, to his point, he's saying he's got nothing left to prove, but he's got plenty left to accomplish, which I, I actually liked that quote from Steph. He's not at a point where he has a chip on his shoulder. And then... Last piece there is there, there is now the Dane Lillard angle coming in as well. Who's the best shooter in Dodge City nowadays in the NBA? If you're having a, a showdown, which we saw tastes of here, the, the most interesting part of the NBA All-Star game, aside from the fact that it was crushed by Meghan Markle and <laughs> Oprah, <laughs> is that Dame and Steph started to do some back and forth the dimensions they're shooting from now are insane the all-star game as you said lost a little of his luster joel and b simmons they were out for COVID protocol but to watch dame and steph just rain threes and then cross half court yeah where you said there's that's not a good shot and still bearing three it's going to become the mountain dew code red shot and and it'll be worth seven points the other thing that was interesting before the game, though, was watching the three-point. Like, yes. I, I am oh. done watching the dunk contest. Yes. Like, I, I feel bad. Cassius Stanley, I think, got robbed on his first dunk. Granted, yeah. he went to my alma mater, ended up leaving, but won a, won a, a, a state championship at my alma mater. Nice. Uh, but the three-point shooting contest with Mike Conley, yeah. he'd been the only lefty to win. Yeah. But you knew – even when Steph missed in his first racks, that mm-hmm. he was going to lose, that Steph yeah. was going to win. So it was awesome to see that. But let's keep running it back yeah. to shooters. When you're labeled a shooter, and especially a three-point shooter, that's all you do. Now, it feels good when you're in game and, and you're running around. Someone goes, shooter! Yes. You're a weapon. You, yeah. I'm yeah. sure you get that all the time. The courts, Hell's Kitchen in the early 2000s, I got to know the Iron Rims on 49th Street, let me just say. But if you look at the top 10 shooters by three-point percentage in college, it's a who's who's list. Mm. Fletcher McGee, Marcus Howard, Chris Lofton, Ratney Clark. I'm sorry, was that that, that Ratney Clark? Ratney Clark, Andrew Mm. Go to lock. Mm-hmm. And then number six on that list is Steph Curry. Yeah. Put down a couple more spots to JJ Redick. Yeah. These are guys that are a weapon in college, but do yeah. not go to do anything else. Steph Curry, in terms of three pointers made mm-hmm. college history, is 13th all time. Right. You say, wow, that's okay. But he only played three seasons. Yeah. If he played, everyone above him played four. Mm-hmm. So he would be the all-time leader in three-point shots. But when you're a shooter, mm-hmm. that's what you do. Oftentimes, you don't make it beyond yeah. college. You don't yeah. become an otherworldly talent. So the reason that 2007-2008 season, especially that run in the tourney, was even more interesting to me 
was the number of players that came to watch Steph. Yes. In the tourney. LeBron was on the sideline. Never Fe- seen that before. Fellow product of Akron. Yeah. Born in the same hospital. So he had already transcended just being a three-point shooter. Yeah. And being more than that. Mm-hmm. He was truly, in that time, he was a supernova. He yeah. was unbelievable. And it's this Game of Thrones lineage, too. He's the House of Dell. I would not, say the House of Sonia and Dell. Don't, Sonia don't and Dell. let's not forget Sonia. Great volleyball and, and, player. And, and then you got Seth Curry, too. So you got the whole House of Curry. They are a shooter's house, son of a shooter. Grew up around basketball. He got his, we talk about practice, deliberate practice. Anders Erickson. Deliberate practice. Can we deal with the house of Curry real quick? Please. Dell as a shooter. He's a shooter. 11 points a game, 16 yeah. seasons, 45% two point shots, 40% three, 84% free throw. And, so, and, and just to clarify, I thought Dell Curry won the three point shooting contest, but no, that's fake news. That was Dale Ellis. That was Dale Ellis. Shout out to Dale Ellis. There you go. Seth Curry, 10 points a game. 45% from two, 44% from three, 85. This is, as you said, this is a shooter's house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also in terms of father-son lineages in the NBA, that is an, an emerging conversation now among, among the aging generation of Hall of Famers, whether their kids are going to, whether their sons are going to make it to the NBA or in the case of Kobe, that was part of the, the Gianna story is, can you impart your knowledge onto the next generation it also brings me to uh, steve kerr there goes that man steve kerr shooter who also has a healthy dose of zen master in him and a little bit of a little zen and pop a little coach pop crazy town to him probably knows a good a, a good glass of wine from pop but he's had some advantages in his life to get to where he is as a shooter. We are going to talk about parents and parenting and the Tiger Woods show. I got a really great response. Uh, We want to follow up about Earl Woods. We didn't get into that in some depth. There is an interesting story to be told around how Dell and Sonia are raising their, their sons to become NBA players. And there is a real history of families in the NBA but they're getting to a, a relatively high status. Absolutely. I, I don't think, at least from a shooting perspective, is anyone that matches. If you leapfrog from what Steph did in the Davidson run, he actually yeah. spent one more season at Davidson junior year. They actually didn't make the Yeah, they made the NIT, yeah. Yeah, and that partially may have been why he slipped in the draft. People were worried about his frail faint frame. He led the NCAA in points and also moved to point guard that year. Mm-hmm. But if you look at, you talk about uh, families, you look at the top 20, according to clutch points, Steph and Clay are at the top, but then you look at who's left, the Ray Allens, Larry Birds, Reggie Millers, Kevin Durant, Dirk, you don't, Steve Kerr's, you don't even going back in history, you don't see the Chris Mullins, you don't see other mm-hmm. kids, sons coming into the league. Yeah doing what the Currys have done. They are the shooters. They are the house of shooting. They, yeah. they own it. They, are, yeah. they have been crowned. And just like you opened with a potential product promotion, I believe Steph has a masterclass on 
shooting on Masterclass. So come at us, Masterclass. We're ready to find a sponsorship. Anything just technique-wise about him? You were mentioning at the step back, there are elements beyond the idea that you should shoot a lot of threes because it's worth more. And then also when you're playing pickup basketball, a two is a college three-pointer and it's worth twice as much as a regular shot. So yes. In game, you're doing that math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I'm going to shoot more. So outside of that way in which the game has changed and people have figured out that it's worth more to make this shot and you can learn how to get really good at the shot is he did this as a very small guy in the NBA. So he had to figure out techniques to get himself the space and the quick release to get his shot off. Not to mention his head fake, his his dribbling ability, his ball fakes, anything just technique-wise that jumps out at you. I know we're going to talk lessons learned and extrapolate it, but just on a purely basketball level, a lot of us really enjoy watching Steph because you talk about a pure shooter, just the, the virtuosity of his physical technique to get these shots off. And they always are the same. It's like once he hits that first shot in the three-point contest, he's just going to replicate that exactly and it's not going to touch anything. It's a very beautiful, almost a Zen kind of thing. There is an element of almost losing yourself in the technique and the, the practice of shooting. Any thoughts on that aspect of it? For me, the comp is a Reggie Miller. And mm-hmm. I grew up watching Reggie. I know you love Reggie Miller as a Knicks fan. I, I do. He's one, of your, he's one of your favorite. He fit, made us your... better and he did not own us entirely. There was legendary ownership, but we had him too. And we wanted him as a player. No beef with Reggie. No, no, uh, no shade. The door is open if we want to get Reggie and Spike on and run it back. Plenty of plenty of things to talk about. S- similar frail frame. Yeah. Reggie, 6'7", but he may weigh as much as, as Steph. He filled and out a little bit. Towards filled out a little bit, but still had to live in a family where his sister was still the better basketball player. Yeah. Cheryl was a baller. Yeah. And a a bigger TV personality too. Oh yeah. Better, better at everything. He's looking up to her his whole life. Yeah. Uh, He went 11th in the draft. Steph went seventh. Reggie didn't have a three point line to his senior year. Mm -hmm. But if you look back at Reggie taking shots in the pros, especially, and then look back just at the Davidson run, Mm -hmm. you would think that Steph's shots are bad shots. Because traditionally, if you think back to Steve Kerr's and some of those, are they're yeah. always getting their feet set the same way. Steph's feet, when he's coming off of screens, are not necessarily kind of a right foot forward. Yeah. They're not necessarily always set. What is always in line are his shoulders. Always getting square to the yeah. basket. He's kind of like a beautiful swan, Tarlin. No matter how feverishly the puppies may be shuffling down below, up, up top, that's really good. So I think that was the thing that, struck me oftentimes when he's shooting it almost seems like he's falling through sideways mm-hmm. like throwing his arm at the basket and turning left yeah you just think it's not possible but if you look at what matters as you said it's the swan he's got balance and he's able to square his shoulders it's just yeah. amazing and that repetition yeah you saw that when you look back at those davidson clips you mm-hmm. just know and when the ball is going in yeah, my, my wife, who we've been together 20 plus years, it's amazing how she can watch a sporting event with me and really still not have a clue about sports, period. But she'll sit with me and I'll someone shoot, like, that's in. And she'll say, how do you know? I guess it's just that yeah. you can tell from Square, the right. release that it's going in. You just right. know. And that's the sense that you got 
when he was shooting. Didn't matter if he's coming off a screen. Mm-hmm. Seemed like he was falling down. That mm-hmm. to me is very similar to yeah. Reggie. And I think why, if you listen to them on broadcast and Reggie was, yeah. was doing color commentator, doing the all-star game, they have such an affinity for one another. The other mm-hmm. thing I would say, as you look at some of Stephisms, one of which is taking a three and then looking away mm-hmm. uh, and looking at his bench. Yeah, he, he didn't necessarily do that, but you had a little in the Davidson run of him taking a three, ball mm-hmm. about to go in, and him like already giving a high five to his guys. Yeah, yeah. Back in the this is back in 2007, 2008. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that that is repetition. Mm-hmm. That is taking shots at all angles. That is being one of the smallest guys on the court when his dad was playing out his last part of his NBA career in Toronto and still dominating people, even though he was the smallest guy on the court. So shooting at all angles Mm -hmm. and getting your body square. I think that's the biggest takeaway for me. Yeah. The other word I would bring in would be poise. There's an element of calm to him. It's the whole cold-blooded shooter mentality where hand down, man down, hand down, man down. He's one of those guys who's, he does a head fake and people will fly into the stands and then he'll catch a beat and then he'll shoot and it's pure. Like when he knows he has more room, he can even just ease into it a little more. And that's where you start getting the way Reggie, when you're feeling it or you're feeling it, it depends on how you want to say it. But when you're in the zone and some of us are in there less often, Tarlin. So for us, it's more exciting when it happens. But when you're in the zone and you're just in a rhythm, there is something really uh, magical about shooting uh, as a ritual that it getting a light sweat going, but it's more about just getting in touch with the feedback you're getting around when I do this, what's happening and what are you focusing on? I analogize it frequently to working on your golf swing. I do think there is lessons learned around what it takes to become an amazing shooter or someone with a really high free throw shooting percentage. It's very much a mental capability as much as it is uh, a physical one. And I think there are lessons to be learned there. Absolutely. This goes back to, you mentioned it, deliberate practice. You have to be willing to put in the work. He also, and most people thought that he could have played baseball. He could have gone into golf. Mm -hmm. So he just has from a hand eye, quick twitch, Mm -hmm. he's got that. So he may not have had size but he's got otherworldly abilities yeah he's six uh, three he's not really short yeah but he's, but he's like, just light he's light because because he's not carrying extra weight he just yeah. looks smaller than he is yeah so what i what i when you think about lessons learned and what happened at davidson it was a coach that crafted an offense and maybe it was really jason richards who was the all-time assist leader that year that yeah. really brought Steph out or was it he was the all-time assist leader that year because yeah he didn't throw away his uh shot but you had a coach that crafted an offense around this otherworldly talent and it really took till Steph's you know six years five six years into his career and granted this is a guy who most people thought would just be the shooter too yeah. small to play in the league. Yeah. 
had injury, was injury prone. They still get some knocks on his defense too. Sure, but glass ankles. Yeah, they called him mm-hmm. and Golden State making at the time a bold move to extend him after he had several injury plagued years to a yeah. four, four year, four, $44 million contract. Comparing it at the time to Ty Lawson, who was they said was a contemporary. Mm-hmm. Just think about that. Yeah, but then it took Steve Kerr coming in. There goes that man. Steve Kerr coming in to replace Mark Jackson. So yeah. Mark Jackson didn't have a full time job yeah. sitting next to Jeff Van Gundy. Yeah. For them to once again create a flow and offense around otherworldly talent. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we talked about was we wanted to run it back to Steph mm-hmm. because we wanted to pay homage to shooters, to the yeah. Dale Ellis's of the world, to the Larry Birds of the world who said he actually, he hurt his finger early in his career and he said he was never the same shooter. Yeah. <laughs> Tragic ham sandwich injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to call it out to the 50, 40, 90 club members. 50% yes. field goal, 43 point, 90 free throw in a year. Mm-hmm. Only happened with nine people. Mm-hmm. Steve Nash, four times. Larry Bird, two times. Malcolm Brogdon on my fantasy team this year, one nice. time. Kevin Durant, Reggie Miller, Dirk, and Mark Price. And let's not forget Ella Della Don- Donna from mm. the WNBA mm-hmm. and Sydney, Sydney Pierce. So nice. we have the 50, 40, 90. We have guys like Steve Nash, who should be considered the greatest shooters of all time, but not. And it is because it's not only people with otherworldly talent and their supernovas, but you also, we always talk about game changing. I think Steph was also able to become a game-changing talent at Davidson because he was unlocked and unleashed, but also when Steve Kerr unlocked and unleashed him to do And also, you got to credit a little bit of the Sloan Conference and the revolution around stat geeks and points per possession and offensive efficiency where... Just like me playing pickup in Hell's Kitchen back in the day, I realized that two-pointers are worth more than a one-pointer. The NBA eventually realized, hey, you know what? These three-pointers, they're worth more. Let's start shooting them more. So there was more awareness in terms of the game planning across the board. It's a bit of a chicken-egg question there, but I think it's also just do the math. The thing that I think seems to have changed from my perspective is that now there is a pathway that Steph created. He blazed the trail, which makes me think about trailblazers. And there's a certain trailblazer who may not be blazing the trail, but he's following in the path of one Steph Curry. And that is Dame Dame Dalla Lillard. Discuss. Compare, contrast. We got to add some more uh, meat to the bone. How do you think about the narrative? My wife, Robin, I love her dearly. She enjoys hearing about the male soap opera aspects of the NBA. Any thoughts on what's emerging there? What do you think about Dame? Sure, one quick beat on the Sloan Conference. If you really look at the change NBA, the 2013-14 NBA Finals when the Spurs dismantled the Heat with what people call beautiful basketball. Mm -hmm. A lot of quick ball passing. Boris Diaw was those sort of a point center. Ginobili, Danny Green. Yeah. People were just always open. Duncan not being the dominant big man where you just 
throw it into the middle and see yeah. him back his he, way in. He was a dominant a big man playing paintball, which is a whole nother <laughs> story. Got to get into the paintball. It's awesome seeing him in his gear. So I do think this quickly evolution of VA that led to really Steve Kerr then getting the Warriors job that summer. Yeah. And people were like, how did Steve Kerr get this job? And mm. then him opening up mm. and being a disciple of, of Jackson and Popovich and saying, mm-hmm. let's just open up this game different, yeah. in a different way. Yeah. And Steph could also learn from the champion pedigree that was Steve Kerr, where he knew how to be on a great team without being the guy on a great team. Yep. And that was something where Steph had to learn both those things. He learned, he had to learn how to be the best player on an NBA championship team. And he was able to do that. And then he had to learn how to play with Durant and have a different relationship with uh, KD, also known as the Slim Reaper. So, so Dame, yeah, you want to compare him to Dame? Mm. No, I think Dame learned from Steph similarly to how Steph learned from others before him. But I think Elaine has been opened up to be a, a more transcendent shooter from deeper range with that same build. I, I'd love to see the two of them and Adam Silver, this is for you. I'd love to see coach Steph versus coach Dame next year's all-star game. They're probably thinking about it already, but that would be, that'd be, that'd be interesting. I would enjoy seeing, hopefully they're both healthy. Hopefully everything plays forward, but it did seem like there's a, a little bit of something there. There's respect and love, but there's also a little bit. Of, if we're gunslingers, who's got the better uh, shooting percentage? So I'm going to challenge you in this early morning. Yeah. Because Dame is too close to Steph in terms of coming out of college. Steph was in the draft 2009, Dame 2012. Both small schools, Dame mm-hmm. Weber State, Steph Davidson. Steph wasn't Steph. He was a splash brother. So you saw a little of that with Clay and stuff, but that's all they were. But I believe Dame, Steph gets all, gets the accolades. They won the championships. They went on a five-year run that is yeah. unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Dame was trolling away like up, up in the Northwest. Portland team's not that good. Yeah. Dame is not Dame now because the NBA changed. This has always been Dame. If you look back, Weber State runs. Sure. He's got, as Bill Rafter would say, Dame has onions. He's there to snipe you. He is there to shoot in your eye. Yeah. And so talk about a different frame. Yeah. A different guy. He's got some Reggie Miller in him, Dame. Yeah, but they're both bulldogs. There's a couple of things I was looking at in that All-Star game. One, as a former point guard, I thought Chris Ball dominated the game. I challenge anyone to look at his stat line. Just to be clear, were you DVRing the Oprah interview or was it during commercials? Because I I did hop over there a little bit. It's- did not watch the Oprah interview live. Okay. Okay. I was not one of the 17 million people. Yeah. I actually did watch the All-Star game. Yeah. And then I loved the back and forth with Steph and Dave. Yeah. Because they're taking shots that they can hit. Mm. And if you look at their stat line, it was so, so mirroring one another. And Steph probably is still pissed that he didn't hit the last three, the Elam ending. More to come on that. But in terms of shooters, we talked about that top 20 list that's out there. Yeah. When Dame is done, he will creep his way with the Pages 
Stoyakovich's and mm-hmm. the Chris Mullins and the Mark Price's and the Kevin Durant's and JJ Reddick's and Chauncey Billups. He will be in, in that conversation. And we may do a show on another shooter who's not going to show up in the, the stat sheets these ways, but there's one, a big shot, Bob Ori, who oh. is another shooter. And it's also talk about ice in his veins, talk about the coup de gras. Many an Elam ending. Big shot Bob was on the other side of it, even though it wasn't actually an Elam ending. We'll talk about him separately. Lessons learned. We could talk shooters. We we could keep going, but we're gonna always leave them one more. As we're we're heading towards conclusion here, Tyler. Lessons learned from Steph Curry. What are you taking away as part of this conversation? Having a shooter label used to be a pejorative term. It meant that you were a limited player. And Steph, I think, with his height and his frame, changed that. The 2007-2008 run where anyone could use their eyes and see that Steph going up against the Georgetowns of the world and the Wisconsins of the world and Gonzaga and then losing to Kansas, who won the, turn- won the yeah. championship that year mm-hmm. and they lost by two. Your eyes should say, this is a talent that can play against anyone. Steph then played another year, led the NCAA in points. They lost and never made the tourney. And yet the people who were judging talent, he still went number seven in the draft, despite his otherworldly ability. Mm-hmm. So I would say my, my lesson learned, because you're often looking at hiring talent assessing people, whether you're looking at investments, you should, instead of trying to compare across, use your own eyes to see when you've got someone who is that good, granted injury prone and there's some risks, but their ceiling is so high. Mm. And when the lights are on and there's a ton of pressure they've dominated, that should carry over. And that should be, if you're looking at your rubric, one of the things you prioritize. Mm-hmm. So Steph's career is amazing. He went from 2007, 2008, where he was on the map. It probably took him another six years to be back to that supernova where he is must-see TV. But it's crazy to me the number of people that thought he may not make it. Mm-hmm. And so my lesson learned is when people show up and they do things that right at that moment are unbelievable, don't let noise and time away take away from what you just saw when you're trying to judge people, talent, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and we're going to talk about other game changers. We may nod to Dan Fosbury, the Fosbury flop, as another thing to think about in terms of changing the game, changing the way you think about the game. We'll talk more about that on a subsequent show. But yeah, you got to shout out to, to Steph and, and the House of Curry. Be pure with your shooting Get that deliberate practice whenever you can. And we'll be back again soon. Thanks for listening. This is Running It Back. Mm-hmm.